Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal Way and yes we are back at you with another Press Box episode and today I have Chris Wheatley with me. Chris, how are you? Hi Bailey, no, good to be here with you for the first time as yeah. well. Um, yeah, shame though we're going to be talking about another defeat but um, yeah it has to be done. Another disappointing game last night and uh, yeah well, let's uh, reflect on it. Yeah, of course. I think we have to dissect the Everton defeat, unfortunately. And you were there, Chris. And I just want to get your initial thoughts on the game, the 2-1 defeat. It was really disappointing, wasn't it? What was your takeouts from the game initially? Yeah, I mean, in the first half, I thought like Everton looked looked quite up for it, to be honest. And I think there was a lot of press before the game um, about the ownership. We knew there was going to be protests, which weren't actually that big in the end. I think only a couple of hundred fans walked out in the 27th minute. Um, I felt like the fans were actually quite behind the team, um, which certainly didn't help Arsenal. And I, there was something about the game I felt like very similar to the the Man United match that Arsenal, again, they had chances to to get something from the game, um, but they did waste them. And there was two chances in that game, which, you know, kind of stuck in my head from Eddie and Ketia. I don't know about you, Bailey, but I feel like he should have scored that. I was a you know, kind of free header at the far post. Um, and then the Aubameyang chance in literally the, the last second of the game. Um, it's just not going well for, for him or the team at the moment. So I feel like Arsenal had the chances to get something from the game. Um, but yeah, in the end, I think Everton would be quite happy with that. And uh, they probably deserved at least a point from the game. In the end, they got the three points. Yeah, absolutely. That and catch a chance definitely did hurt, considering the situation as a whole. But we'll we'll definitely delve into Enketia's uh, situation and a substitution later in the show. But I just want to touch on the thoughts in the game and the biggest factor in losing. I think personally, I think a lot of fans touched on the mentality of the team. We took the lead, and once again, just like Manchester United, we did step back. And also, people were touching on just the defense not being solid enough. Arteta's tactics, his substitutions. But Chris, what for you? What was the biggest biggest factor in the defeat? What was the main reason that we lost that game? That's a good question. I think uh, one of the biggest reasons was the, the the defenders kind of switching off in those key moments. And uh, I felt like Granit Xhaka perhaps stayed on the pitch a bit too long. We know he's come back earlier than expected, um, much earlier than expected. I was surprised to see him start the game. I think we knew he was going to be in the squad because he's been training with the team all week. But to see him play the game and pretty much uh, finish the game, I was surprised. Um, I felt he should have been taken off. And I think the biggest problem there was kind of Arteta's man management. I've seen a lot of people on social media say that. There were some questionable decisions. I think the Xhaka one was the biggest. Um, and Ketia played well when he came on. He should have scored, but I thought he played really well. I still, I know we're going to talk about it a bit later, but I still don't really get why Nicola Pepe is being completely exiled from the team after the season he had last season as well. Um, and listening to Mikel Arteta post-match kind of hinted at perhaps it's something to do with his application in training. I mean, we don't know exactly why, but that may have something to do with it. And I just felt, again, it was the kind of big decisions in these games which Arteta kind of got wrong. Um, and after that unbeaten run where everything was looking pretty rosy in the garden, it's not looking like that anymore. And against teams like Everton and Man United, both, you could say, are in disarray or were in disarray. Arsenal should be picking up points. Um, and I feel like, really, these are two games they should have got something out of um, and they should have won. 
Definitely. I think it's putting in perspective our poor defeats. I think mm-hmm. with United and Liverpool, losing those games were almost acceptable because we know whenever we go to Old Trafford, whenever we go to Anfield, we do tend to lose. But we were expected to go to Goodison Park and get a win. Rafa Benitez under a major fire. He's He looks like he's going to get sacked. So you'd go there thinking, OK, boys, let's put in a performance. Let's put the nail in the coffin for Benitez to create Everton. But we've done the exact opposite of that. And that was really worried and telling about our performance. And you did mention, um, Chris, about Shaka not being substituted maybe... Uh, early enough, he played the whole 90 minutes when he just come back. I think I was also surprised to see him in a starting lineup. I think that was, I was like, wow, I was taking a bit of back. He hasn't played at all. And suddenly he just gets thrown straight in at Goodison Park. It's never easy. And I think there were also other substitutions. I think Kieran Tierney take, bringing, to, bringing on Tavares, despite Tavares has been good covering for Tierney, but bringing him on really did dent our attack a little bit, uh, defence and attack a little bit, sorry. And Everton really took advantage, didn't they, of, the left, of our left hand side when Enketa came on the left and Tavares came on the left hand side? Yeah, I think they did. I think Kieran Tierney didn't actually have the best of games, to be honest. I thought he had the one good cross. Um, I think he did assist the goal, didn't he? I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, he did assist the goal. But other than that, I felt like he was a bit isolated or he didn't really have much of the ball, didn't didn't add too much. And when Tavares came on, to be fair to him, he, he did... Tavares is a bit of a loose cannon, isn't he? He just runs all over the place yeah. and you don't know what you're going to get from him. But I do like him as a player because you, you need those kind of players in the team. But yeah, I agree with you, Bailey. I think Kieran Tierney um, certainly wasn't the best yesterday. And yeah, there were a few players all over the pitch. But I think just going back to Xhaka, I think it shows how important he is for the team. The fact that Mikel Arteta put him straight in for this game shows how highly he values Xhaka as a player and it shows what his role is in this current team and um, I think that says a lot about Xhaka someone who was going to leave in the summer uh, signed a new deal Um, now he's one of the most important players but I think he should have come off yesterday it was it was too much to play a whole Premier League game after being out for so long yeah I completely agree and you said how uh, I agree with you I tell you highly rate Xhaka but what message does this put across for players like Albert Sambilokonga, Ainsley Mellon-Niles, who we haven't seen since Watford, the man of match performance against Watford, suddenly Shaka comes back, instantly is put straight in the lineup. Does that show that Arteta doesn't have a lot of confidence in Sambilokonga to go to a tougher area ground anymore? Or Mellon-Niles, as I said. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point you make. With, um, with Mellon-Niles, I'm not really sure. I know earlier in the day he posted on Instagram, I know he lost one of his close friends, Marvin Morgan, mm. um, must say condolences to Marvin's family and friends and everyone connected with him. Really sad news. Uh, I don't know if that was anything to do with it. The fact that he wasn't involved at all would have been pretty sad to have that news on the day of um, travelling to the game. Um, But he hasn't really been involved before that as well, to be fair. Um, Lakonga, on the other hand, is someone who I feel like Mikel Arteta seeing this as a bit of a transition season for him. I'm not quite sure that he's going to be that regular starter that a lot of fans expected. Um, he was bought in for a lot of money, I think £17.5 million. Pounds. He's in one of the kind of stars of Belgian football, but I don't think he's ready to start every game for Arsenal. Um, but I agree that there are some decisions which Arteta is making that I think fans have a right to question even though we don't necessarily see everything that happens on the training ground. So like the Pepe stuff, for example, mm-hmm. probably linked to his performance in training, but we don't see that. So we're questioning, questioning it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a few decisions that are like that. But um, on the whole, I think yesterday's game was kind of about mischances and Arsenal certainly had 
plenty of chances to finish that game. Definitely. I think one missed chance. We mentioned Enketia's uh, missed chance, but I do want to touch on Enketia personally. I think I tweeted out after the Manchester United game, I was confused about bringing him on after that week. He literally rejected a contract offer, according to reports anyway. So he's brought on again for Everton. And I think this one was even more telling because we had Aubameyang on the bench who... Under Arteta's early days, he did put Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette up front and he had the chance to do that against Everton. But instead of Pepe or Aubameyang, he brought on Eddie Nketiah. Now, he said, of course, he backed up the comments and said Nketiah has been excellent in training so he deserved a chance. But Chris, if a player is not signing a contract and he's just rejected a contract offer, do you think this is the right thing to do to bring on Nketiah, especially someone who is not actually naturally a winger? He's a striker. You know, I, I kind of agree with Mikel Arteta's decision here in terms of his thinking, because he said after the game that Eddie Nketiah has been training like he's playing. And if you saw what he did in the 25 minutes that he was on, he was clearly, you know, trying to get that goal for the, for the team. He was trying to make things happen. Um, and the other players like Aubameyang, for example, has really struggled in the past few games. He's missed two big chances now in two games. He doesn't look like the player um, that was scoring all those goals on the FA Cup run a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um, I know people have linked it with the, the signing of a new contract. Uh, maybe, maybe it has something to do with that. Like, I, I'm not too convinced that that it's to do with the, the contract. I think with Aubameyang, he's coming into, you could say, towards the end of his career, perhaps, you know, 31 years old. He's someone who is in like the twilight. He's meant to be in the yeah. twilight of his career, but... There's a lot of players in his kind of friendship group of Arsenal, like Nicola Pepe, like Alexander Lacazette, who are also coming towards, you could say, the end of their Arsenal careers. And perhaps, maybe, uh, this is kind of just me um, guessing more than anything. This is not like uh, some kind of exclusive information, but um, maybe that has something to do with the fact that Aubameyang's form is down. You know, he knows that a lot of his, his teammates are going to be leaving very soon. And he's kind of the last of that Arsene Wenger era. Him, yeah. Granit Xhaka, um, Rob Holding, Chambers, you know, those are the kind of last of the Wenger era players. And I think I, in an ideal world, Mikel Arteta um, would probably get rid of those players. Um, I know he likes Holding and Chambers mm. and stuff like that, but I think he ideally wants, as we saw with Xhaka in the summer, he tried to, tried mm. to sell Xhaka, but Roma didn't offer the right amount of money. I think that's kind of happened with Aubameyang. You know, no one's going to really come in for him because he's one of the highest paid players in the league. So, yeah, to to, to answer your question, I think it's been a difficult few weeks for um, for Arsenal in terms of the, the striking department. And I think what yesterday's game showed is that they really do need a striker um, in January. They need to sign a striker because Lacazette... Yesterday, I was watching him closely. He looked so frustrated throughout the whole game. He had his hands up. You know, he was isolated. During a break in play, I noticed that he went over to Ben White. He was um, really animated with, with Ben White and Thomas Partey. I'm not sure what he was saying, but probably try and get the ball to me because, you know, he had none of the ball. And then he he came off in towards the end of the game. So I think the, the striking situation is pretty important. I think if Arsenal want to get a European qualification spot uh, this season. They need to sign a striker in January, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think with Arteta's rebuild, sorry, he's, real, he's rebuilt almost every position except from the striker, striker position. I think Aubameyang mm. and Lacazette almost disconnected. We've got a young, vibrant squad 
all around the pitch. And then suddenly you've got Aubameyang and Lacazette who are meant to be the role models, of course, for the squad. But it's just not happening right now as they're struggling to put in performances. And you mentioned Nicola Pepe being part of the Aubameyang friendship group. Now, I just want to touch on Nicola Pepe because I believe he hasn't started a Premier League game since October the 30th. And he seems very ostracised. I think there was pictures of when Enketo has been substituted on. You can see Nicola Pepe in the background. It's not looking too pleased, I must say. But... Chris, is his time, do you think his time at Arsenal is done? Do you think Arteta, Arteta and Arsenal are just looking to offload him now? Yeah, I mean, I feel a bit sorry for Nicola Pepe. Like, it was, uh, can't be easy to watch Eddie Nketiah come on ahead of you when he knows that Eddie Nketiah is probably going to be leaving in a few months' time. Um, yeah, I, I think there is a potential way back. I think this weekend, um, I think my colleague, um, our colleague Kaya Kainak said, uh, on Twitter that, you know, there could be a chance for him with Emil Smith-Rowe injured. Um, Martinelli also injured. It looks like a hamstring. Um, so he could be out for a couple of weeks. I think that there could be a way in for Pepe. But is Mikel Arteta just going to throw him in like that after not playing him for a few games? I'd be surprised if he, if he would do that, especially with Enketia playing. Um, like I said before, I think with Arteta after the game, he said um, that Eddie Enketia has been training really hard. It's kind of what he didn't say there was perhaps that Nicola Pepe hasn't been applying himself as much. Um, of course, I'm not putting words in Arteta's mouth there, but that's kind of what it sounded like. Um, and yeah, I think Nicola Pepe, Nicola Arteta has spoken before about his intensity. And I remember some quotes from him where he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something like, um, his intensity has improved in training and perhaps Pepe's kind of gone back to the old Pepe in training. But again, we, we don't have the eyes on the ground there, so we don't know for sure. But what I would say is that I think Nicola Pepe was one of Arsenal's best players last season. Um, and I feel like it's a waste not to have him involved in any games. He should surely be getting some minutes, um, especially in a game like this where his kind of skill set is valued, you know, in the final minutes of a game. He's a risk taker. He can take on players. He can make things happen. So I'm surprised that he's not getting any minutes at all. Um, but you can say that that substitution almost worked out, didn't it? Eddie Nketiah yeah. almost scored. He didn't, but he he was pretty close. So, yeah, I think it's a shame for Pepe. He's someone that I, I think is a decent player, but he certainly not lived up to what was expected of him when he when he first signed for Arsenal. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Pepe, he has got the quality there. It's just too inconsistent. But I'm thinking towards last season, you just say he was our best player last season. And he, I remember him playing on the left quite frequently. I think in the game against Villarreal, I remember in the first leg when we lost 2-1, yeah. I think he was our best player that day. And on the left, he has shown his quality. So when uh, Nketiah was warming up, I was surprised. I thought this would be the perfect moment for Pepe just to prove Delta's wrong. Maybe show Arteta that I'm ready to play, be in the squad now. He should be playing me. But of course, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But Chris, another player in the first team who is considered one of our best players is Thomas Partey. Now, of course, recently he came out to say that he isn't performing to him his best self. He said he has been four out of ten so far. But Chris, again against Everton, he showed the same type of performance like he did against Manchester United. He was highly ineffective, wasn't he? Yeah, there's a good uh, good description of his performance, highly ineffective. I think if his performance last night, uh, if his performance recently has been a four, I'm not sure what Kaya gave, um, gave him in his player ratings last night, but I certainly wasn't the best performance. I, and again, I feel a bit sorry for him because he clearly knows he's not performing up to the required level. Uh, and it's, it's tough. It's the Premier League. You know, you have to be on it every single game. 
um, millions of fans watching. But, you know, Arsenal paid a lot of money for Partey and he's come back to full fitness. This needs to be the season where he really established himself as Arsenal's kind of midfield anchor. But right now, he's not really doing that. He's not impacting games in the way um, that we all expect him to impact games. He's not progressing the ball forward like he did for Atletico Madrid. He seems maybe a bit short on confidence. And I think to say that he's playing four out of 10, for a player to say that to uh, a journalist, I think it's admirable. But also, I think it shows maybe a bit of a lack of confidence. Um, I mean, I can't imagine someone like Ronaldo, if he's not scoring goals, to say that to a journalist. So I think with Thomas Partey at the moment, maybe it's just a lack of confidence. And he just needs to get going again. The team needs to start winning again. And I think then we're going to see Thomas Partey back to his his old self. And he's certainly a player who, you know, I think can be one of the best midfielders in the Premier League and in Europe. And we've seen what he's done uh, in Spain under Simeone. And I think he can do even better with Arsenal. But yeah, again, like Aubameyang, he's a, a confidence player. So if he's not performing in one game, it's difficult to to get that momentum back. So yeah, let's hope he can get, get it back soon. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And Chris, what would you do to try and improve his performance? Would you maybe take him out of the lineup for a little bit for maybe get a game against Southampton? Or would you just keep him there? Hopefully, as games progress, he'll start finding his form again. Maybe Shaka coming back into the side will just help him a little bit more. Would you keep him in the team or would you maybe drop him out? It's tough because I don't think he's made any glaring mistakes that I can remember. Um, and... I think someone like Nuno Tavares kept his place in the lineup, didn't he, after that Liverpool game? He started the following match. So I think to to drop him off the back of a, a few, you know, inconsistent performances maybe would be a bit harsh. But like you said uh, before, Bailey, I think someone like Sambi Lokonga hasn't done too much wrong um, other than the Liverpool game. And I think he could be, you know, deserving of a place. Maitland-Niles too is is a really, really talented player, I think, and does uh, goes under the radar with his performances. So I think either of them could come in for party. Um, and I think there will be some changes uh, for the weekend's match, but I wouldn't expect too many, to be honest. Yeah, maybe for the game against Sunderland, we can maybe switch and change stuff, see what players will perform and maybe come to the Premier League squad. But we have talked about the players. Now, let's t- I just want to talk about Arteta a little bit here because in a game against Manchester United, we could see Arteta wasn't happy with his squad when we took the lead and we were pushing back, we were dropping back, we wasn't putting the pressure, the same pressure as we would if we were chasing a goal. And he's, he questioned that after the game, said that he didn't want that from his players. Now, we go to the Everton game and the same thing happened. Now, I feel like it's a bit of a catch-22 here because either the players are not listening to Arteta or they are listening to Arteta and the tactics aren't correct. So where does Arteta go from here, Chris? What can you do? What is the situation going on with Arteta at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, social media is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. After after an Arsenal defeat. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wasn't too long ago that um, people were, were saying you know, really positive things about Mikel Arteta. And after two consecutive defeats, it changes very fast. Um, And I think some of the criticism is justified, of course. I think, you know, like we spoke about earlier, some of his decisions in-game are questionable, especially with the the substitutions, um, how long it takes to bring off certain players. But I think there are other things which, you know, Arsenal were a bit unlucky last night. I, I completely forgot to mention... Everton should have had two players sent off last night. Um, Godfrey's stamp on Tommy Yasu. Um, and the other one I've written down was Gordon Studs yeah, up on John Tavares, which 
I didn't even notice that one, to be honest, last night. And I saw the video earlier and I thought, oh, how did that, um, how did he escape a red card? So I think Everton were pretty lucky with that. And it, to be honest, we, I should have mentioned it at the start, but I think those are two key points in the game, really, that Everton were lucky to have um, 11 men on the pitch. And I think that would have made a big difference, especially in those final few minutes of the game. I think it would have opened up the match completely for Arsenal. But of course, that's, that's in hindsight. But I think you have to look at that and say, really, um, Everton were a bit lucky. So um, to answer your question about Mikel Arteta, yeah, I think he's under pressure again, of course, because it's a results business. And after a, a few defeats, you're always going to be under pressure. But I think, you know, to say that he's potentially going to lose his job and stuff like that, I think it's, we, we know it's it's highly unlikely. Yeah. We know that Josh Kroenke and the Kroenke family are backing Mikel Arteta. He signed a three-and-a-half-year uh, contract. He's unlikely to be going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think there's that much pressure on him to you know, target the, the Champions League spot this season. Everyone knows Arsenal have a young, the youngest squad in the league. They spent £150 million in the summer. So, of course, he's going to be given time. But I agree that some of the decisions in the past few games have been questionable, but uh, let's see how the next few games go. I think it's an easier run of fixtures. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably come back to haunt me saying that, but it does look like an easier run of fixtures. To be fair, that Sunderland match in the in the cup that's really got to be one where um, I think a few players low on confidence need to be starting that, and you can imagine Pepe having um, a decent game against that lot so yeah um, we'll see how that goes yeah I think that Sunday game will be important I completely agree with you and I think we were humbled a little bit with the Everton performance I think it showed maybe we are a sixth to eighth place side we did get excited about Champions League places but considering that we have finished eighth in back-to-back seasons Chris is another eighth place finish acceptable could we finish is sixth place good enough for us you think Looking at the expectations at the start of the season, Arsenal finishing sixth place, is that good enough for going into going into the next season? It's not good enough. No, I think a club of Arsenal football club standing should be targeting, you know, first. <laughs> they should be targeting yeah. the, to win the league every single season. But we know that that is not realistic with the, the current squad, with the current capabilities of the team. It's it's really unlikely that they could get anywhere near the likes of City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and you could say even United after that that game the other week. And I think Arsenal, I think Arteta is realistic in, in what the squad can achieve. He knows that there's a lot of talent there. And I think Arsenal fans can see that as well. There's a really young team with a lot of talented players. Um, but I think you know, it has to be an improvement on last season's finish. So it has to be better than last season. I think if Arsenal finish in the same position or lower, that's really just, it's not good enough. Um, and I think there will be a lot of pressure on Arteta if Arsenal finish in worse than they did last season. And I think the domestic cup competitions are really important as well. I think if Mikel Arteta wins one of those trophies, that will relieve a lot of pressure. If they can get the Carabao Cup, you know, I know it's not a big trophy, but it's a trophy and Arsenal haven't won it for a long time. Um, and the FA Cup, either of those, I think that would be huge for, for Arteta because it, it just buys him time. And I think it gives a lot of confidence to the team um, going forward as well. So, yeah, I, let's see see what happens. But I think at the moment it's, um, 
I think Arsenal can be finishing uh, higher than they did last season, but they need to, like I said before, they need to sign a striker in January, in my opinion. That's the, the, the key thing there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think if we do win the Carabao Cup, it's not a big trophy, as you say, but we do have, there are big teams left in the competition and we will have to beat one of the big guns to get that hand, get our hands on the trophy. So it is a positive. It will definitely be, okay, yeah, he's won a domestic trophy. We can move forward from that. I think that would be a, a good thing to get. I just want to talk about the future now, Chris, because, of course, we lost against Everton. We can't dwell in it too much. We need to look going forward and how we are going to improve on our form, try to regain the form we did have when we went on the 10-game unbeaten run, as you did say previously. But what should Arteta do to get the team firing again? What can he do? Is it a change in formation? Is it a change in personnel? Does he need to stick with the team? What is it? What would you say? Yeah, I think he needs to make those key changes we spoke about before. I think in attack, we know that Lacazette is um, not exactly firing. Well, he didn't fire yesterday, did he? And maybe someone like Eddie Nketiah could be starting games. You know, he actually did well when he came on. And if he's the kind of player who is, wants to showcase what he can do to get a move in January, let him play because that will benefit Arsenal because he clearly wants to impress. You know, he did a lot yesterday, I think, other than score. And um, I think what I would do is probably not change too much because I think when you change a team and make wholesale changes, it's usually to the detriment of the team. Um, but I think there are still a few positions where Arsenal players are just not doing it. And Thomas Partey is one of them. Aubameyang, of course, didn't start the last game, um, but perhaps he could come back in. Um it's a difficult one because Arsenal don't actually have the biggest squad and they made a lot of changes as well in the in the summer. So, yeah, I think Emil Smith-Rowe was missed yesterday as well. I, mean, I haven't mentioned him, but I think he's been fantastic this season. He's coming up with goals and assists. So I feel like he's a, a key link in the final third between um, the front man and the midfield. So I think he's a player that Arsenal really needs to, to come back and... It's just a shame that Gabriel Martinelli is injured now because I feel like the energy that he brings to the team is is really needed. Although he didn't have the best game yesterday, I feel like he's someone who really can add a lot to the team. So yeah, I, I would make a, probably a few changes in terms of formation. I would keep it the same because I think Arsenal did do enough to win the game yesterday and they did enough at Old Trafford as well. But unfortunately, they missed those key chances, um, which are really really cost them. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think we did miss Smith-Rowe yesterday. He went under the radar a little bit. Not a lot of people are mentioning the absence of Smith-Rowe because he has been crucial for us um, with his seven goal contributions in the Premier League this season. He scored against Man United, of course, and in the game against Watford. He is he does get those goals that we do need and unfortunately he wasn't there yesterday. But Chris, we are going to wrap the show up here. Thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, Bailey. No, great to speak Cheers. with you. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be speaking again after an Arsenal win next time. Yeah, hopefully you do beat Southampton and we are back on track and hopefully ahead of United and Tottenham once again. But let us pray. Hopefully that does happen. Guys, if you want to see more of Chris Wheatley's content, follow me on Twitter at Chris Wheatley underscore or look at his articles on football.london as he is ever present on there. You can also follow me on Twitter at Keo underscore. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Arsenal Way YouTube channel. We'll be having more press book episodes for you in the future and more episodes of other shows in the future too. And also, guys, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal Way. Oh, yeah.